This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. It's one long spooky night, blah, 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 horror movies. It's fun. I'm actually having a surprisingly large amount of fun doing it. I feel like we, we, we had a breakthrough last episode, which yep. wasn't too long ago right now, but <laughs> yeah. we, we had a real breakthrough. And yeah. I, I felt like for the first time in this spooky night, you got to the point of, you know, not not exactly enjoying a scary movie, but starting starting to let the sensation run over you, which is like you know the first step towards enjoyment. Oof, the mindful leaning into it. I yes. think so. I think so. One of the other pleasures, not quite pleasures, but one of the other experiences tonight is that we have, and maybe not in that much depth, but in more depth than I ever have in my life, we've talked about sort of filmmaking techniques. How do you think about making a film? Mm. Um, you know, reflecting on that, even to the tiniest extent, is more than I've ever done it before. And so in the in-between times between these episodes, which are seconds only, because <laughs> <laughs> it's all one night, um, I, I was like, all right, well, yeah, what's the sort of horror film I'd like? If I'm finding it uncomfortable, how do I put it all together? And I was sort of playing with the dials. I was increasing this and reducing this. And I was thinking about the sort of the degree of jokes and sort of sexiness and scariness and tension and I was like I'd probably wind down the scariness and the tension probably have a lot more sexiness in there and I was like in fact I reckon there's a market for films that are really primarily about sexy stuff going on <laughs> and then uh, the conclusion is thought I was like oh, I think I might have stumbled upon a profitable <laughs> profitable and popular genre here but it just sort of winds back to um, thinking about yeah, I'm 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 so confused about this tangent, but I'm excited to see where it goes. There is something human about horror films. This Absolutely. is what I'm coming to yes. find. Yes, it's not. Well, maybe it is, but it's not quite like building a train track and racing it in your basement. It's not sort of painting Warhammer figures. It's not just something just straight up weird. There, there's actually something about it that is very human. And part of the joy of tonight, the spookiest night of all time, is trying to figure out what that is. Shag, what do you think it is? Do you... Let me try and ask it so vaguely. Do you get a hankering for a horror movie? No. No. uh, Actually, no. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I think you stumbled onto something really cool there. Mm. And it, 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 it always makes me think about this idea where... You know, people love true crime and true crime podcasts and that sort of thing. And even though I don't think people would readily admit it 
or maybe they would, I don't know. I think one of the things they enjoy about them is hearing about the murders, hearing about the crimes, hearing about how bad things get. I think people, it's not its not necessarily they love it, they like it, they want to do it. For some reason, there's something weirdly human about hearing about that stuff. And I think what's cool about horror movies is you can explore that weird, morbid fascination that humans have in an entirely made-up way. So no one's actually getting hurt. Like, you know, no one's like, whatever. Like, you're just making up these stories. But you are exploring this very human desire to hear and think and know about these things. And I like, I, it comes back to that thing where it's like, it's about mortality, I think. If I'm going to be like a massive wanker and probably sound like an idiot, and I'm so sorry. But I think it does come to the fact that it's like, we're all deep down motivated by the fact that we're going to die one day. And horror movies tap into that in some way. I think you'd agree that tonight's all about our deep human needs. <laughs> Recious. <laughs> What's going on? Anyway, so the film I've the film I'm doing today is not one from your list again, and I'm sorry. I've gone dealer's choice tonight <laughs> once again. Gone off the reservation. I've gone off the reservation. Oh, is that a super racist expression? Oh, ooh. fuck. If so. Completely withdrawn <laughs> and apologies without reservation. Without oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> that wasn't intentional. That no. wasn't a thing. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. Moving cool. on. Yes, Moving yes, yes. On. Okay. Cool. Okay. So the film that I've selected right now mm. isn't I mean, it's 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 a borderline horror film, but I feel like the ending is so bleak and so dark that I think you'll get a bit of a kick out of it after last week's. I mean, after... I mean, after the after, one that... Sorry, earlier this evening. After the Immediately very, earlier this evening. I, <laughs> sorry, not immediately. So three three previous to this evening. Yes, yes, yes. It's called Bride of... Hang on, are you charading it? It's called Headphone. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, yeah, I will charade yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, cool, cool, cool. It's called... Okay. Uh, Shag. Uh, two words. First word. The sick hobbit. No. <laughs> the uh, uh, second word. How many syllables? How many syllables? Oh, the space. One, two, three. Three syllables. You, you touched on the arm. So, oh. sorry, is it all three syllables at once? Am I doing, or am I doing? Am I breaking into different syllables? All, all at once. So we're doing a three-syllable word all at once. The that universe. The fucking empty space. The fucking ding dang ding. The uh, the fucking uh, the, the radio station. Uh, first, first on the arm, on the arm, first syllable. Yes, car, the car, the windshield, the roof, the road, the uh, fuck, uh, the space. <laughs> I'm doing the vanishing. The van, the vanishing. <laughs> That's what I was doing. That's what we're doing today. Peach, uh, I should ask before I show mm. you the trailer and we do our usual thing for this podcast. You don't know what happens in The Vanishing, do you? If it's similar to The Prestige, then I think... <laughs> I think I'm about to have some fun. All right, so Peach, I just showed you the trailer to The Vanishing, a.k.a. Spurloss, as it's called in Dutch. What did you think? Ah, uh, it stinks. It, it's, it's sort of basically, in short, <laughs> didn't make sense. Uh, a little bit strange. 
But it sort of had the blippy, bloopy, blippy, bloopy soundtrack that made me think that a young Chad Hugo <laughs> or a young Pharrell Williams might say, mm, I think I can do something about this. So I've got a bit of a controversial opinion I've been having recently where I've gone back and revisited mm. like, you know, prime era Neptune's cuts. And I don't think they've aged as well as we thought they would. I remember at the time thinking no one makes music more interesting, more crazy than the Neptunes. Mm. And I I think we gave Pharrell too much credit. <laughs> and you know what you know when you see Tyler the Creator and he always talks about how like he loved like whenever Tyler the Creator goes, this one nerd song I was inspired by, I'm always so interested. I'm like, cool, I'm gonna listen to this nerd song. I'm always like this. <laughs> like, what were you inspired by? <laughs> like I don't like I don't get it. And mm. yeah, maybe I'm just I don't I don't know. I don't know. Cause I still look I still like Hell Hath No Fury remains a great album. 13-year-old album. A th- remains an amazing 13-year-old album. Yeah. All Neptune... Like, I think maybe what I'm trying to get at is the Neptunes were absolutely the sort of group where they they come up with gold, mm. but to come up with gold, mm. they have to come up with stuff that's not that good, but they also have to put it out. They don't hide it. It has to go out there so the gold shines that much stronger. But this shows... Shag, this is the heart of your personality. You have a real perfectionist bent. Which is weird because <laughs> there's so many mistakes <laughs> in, in this podcast, or I imagine there are. This is this another podcast. 7 out of 10. We're crushing <laughs> it. We're smashing 7 out of 10. Okay, all right, all right. The Vanishing. So, 1988... This is a 1988 film. Mm. It's a Dutch film, as I said. Yep. Uh, a young Dutch couple, mm. and so I, I just, I just, I just want to take a step away here. So it's, yep. it's a, it is a Dutch film. Yes. Wikipedia's written so, like I'm assuming this is written by English authors. They probably don't have to yeah, state fuck, that they're fuck, a fuck, fuck, fuck. They don't have to state that they're a Dutch couple. They're, they're just unpaid a couple. Unpaid authors, you fuckwit. Like when you start writing Wikipedia <laughs> plot synopses for other people to do podcasts about, but Peach, like, no, come on, check their volunteers. Peach, you as like we we're just... volunteers, but we're mainly volunteering for our ego because we want people to say you guys are the funniest legends ever. They're volunteering to help people run a spooko podcast. We're volunteering to help people get over their fear of horror Ooh, we are the best actually <laughs> no sorry i do accept that <laughs> you're welcome all right okay all right all right look i'll, I'll take that beef. yes you're in business mode all I'll, right you're I'll, back i'll take that beef away so rex and saskia are on a holiday in france mm. as they drive saskia shares a recurring dream in which she is drifting through space in a golden egg harry potter four star all about a golden egg in the most recent dream, another egg containing another person appeared. She feels the collision of the two eggs would signify the end of something. Quick side note, telling people about your dreams, fucking boring. <laughs> Never do it. Their car runs out of petrol and they stop at a rest area where a man in another car dons a false sling and orthopedic cast. This is not the first time we've seen this plot device, Shag. Driving in a car. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fossil fuel-powered car. There is a gauge for telling Actually, you how much that, fossil that, fuel's in the car. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I mean, this is very much a trope, which it kind of annoys me a bit, because I don't think running out of petrol happens that much in real life. I think I think you're generally aware how much petrol you have in your car. And if, you know, for circumstances, you know, whether, like, petrol's too expensive or whatever, it's like you're... you're hyper aware of it Adair. you don't go on a country drive telling each other about your dreams of space eggs <laughs> if you don't have much petrol in your car yeah. right like yeah you're kind of like hey lights on uh, we should 
like, no, relax, it's SpaceX. But anyway, so they stop at this rest area mm. uh, where a man uh, in another car dons a false sling and orthopedic cast. Oh, uh, I don't like that. Which is so spooky, right? So Rex promises to never abandon Saskia, which I think is related to the dream, and they bury two coins at the base of a tree what? as a symbol of their... I don't know what that means, as a symbol of their romance. I've never done that. I've been with Adele for almost 10 years. We're about to have a child together. We own a home. We have uh, an amazing dog. Have we taken shots at Ruth Wong on this? Oh. Our year 10 Chinese teacher. Oh. She showed us a film, (laughs) right? Where there were two Chinese lovers or two prospective lovers. And the Chinese word for pear, the the fruit, is similar to the Chinese word for uh, lovers or something like that. And so the protagonist hero was just about to cut the pear in half to be like oh it's all right i know that i don't have a chance to smooch so i'm happy to cut the pear and thereby symbolize that we will never be in love and the chinese the young chinese woman is like no don't worry about it you don't have to cut the pear and he's like oh sick (laughs) (laughs) not gonna cut the pear and ruth wong may she rest in peace if she's dead may she remain alive she's for there. a couple of years more if she's she was alive. our high school chinese teacher she was very nice ruth R. <laughs> she well like she wasn't nice. like she you were a bit of a punching bag for her because we weren't a nice class you were i was a, nice you were a good student and the the shit thing about I was, the way i was a well-behaved student who was not good at chinese. and the way that abusive begets abuse we were not a great class <laughs> And she punched down to the one student who tried and always filled out his Chinese journal. So, <laughs> I like, I understand your antagonism towards Ruth Wong that goes beyond your usual, I'm a battle rapper, I'm going to fight everyone. Free smoke, free smoke, <laughs> free smoke. Who wants it? All right, okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. So, we've established that bearing two coins, probably like a bit of a cultural thing. Yep. That maybe we don't understand, but that doesn't mean it's, that just means that we're ignorant, basically. Yeah, um, we're muggles, I get it. So Saskia enters the petrol station to buy drinks and does not return. Rex frantically searches for her. So that's where shit gets spooky, right? It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without a soft drink to sip to. Sip so, to. So sometime earlier, Raymond... It's Raymond. I pronounced it Raymond. Oh, I'll take it, Raymond. Raymond, a wealthy family man, secretly plots to abduct a woman. He buys an isolated house, experiments with chloroform. So, so sorry. Are we seeing this chronologically? No. Um, so, so sorry. This is this. Sorry. This is sometime earlier. So, this is your sore oh. moment. We're having a flashback, and they but make I feel it like clear. This grounds it. Well, I mean, but keep in mind, this is like I said. This is spooko, but this is technically a thriller. But you'll see when we get to the end that there's just something particularly spooko about this. So stuff. we're doing Wikipedia pages. Yeah. If you care to go to the 1989 Batman Wikipedia page. There's an excerpt on there that says, oh, um, if you show the process of Batman becoming Batman, you undermine all your credibility and you can't make a film. And Chris Nolan was like, oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what's up? Nolan! Say hi to Batman Begins. Yeah, arguably best Batman movie of all time. Until The Dark Knight came along. Yeah, it's marginally worse, but marginally. It's marginally worse because at the end where there's like sky trains that the Wayne family built and like the sun and Bruce is like, did we build all of this? And it's like, yes, son, these are our sky trains. It's the same as Casino Royale where the first two thirds, you're like, is this the perfect movie? And then it's like, wait, wait, the last third's coming. (laughs) 
Anyway, yeah, oh, you know, like, and I quite like this too because mm. generally in like horror films or scary films, we always get the serial killer, the bad guy, when they're at the height of their powers. Mm. They go from like, I want to abduct a woman, I'm abducting a woman yep. at a rest stop. Whereas like, we never see him practicing, we never see him using the chloroform, we never see him going like, how much is the right dose of chloroform? And remember, this is 1988. There's no internet. Dang. You can't just Google chloroform. You can't look at a YouTube tutorial of how to chloroform someone. Exactly. Whereas these days, Shag, what's that address again? For the YouTube tutorial for how to chloroform, <laughs> just share it around on here. Just let everyone know how easy it is. That's good, responsible podcasting. But you see my point. Yes. So anyway, so we we also see him make some initial attempts at enticing women into his car. When his initial attempts fail, mm. he decides to pose as an injured motorist in need of assistance. That's good, spooky and, filmmaking. And, and goes to the rest area out of town where he will not be recognised. Now we cut forward. So we've gone, we started, we started current, we went back. So we're in Dark Knight, flashback to Batman Begins, back to Dark Knight. Now, no, now we're going to Dark Knight Rises. Whoa. Because it's three years after Saskia's appearance, but Rex is still searching for her. Yes. Which is kind of cool. That's also one of those things where... He wouldn't have cut the pair, would he at all? But if I was like, if I was like a policeman tracing this I would have initially been like he's a suspect but three years later he's still searching for her he hasn't moved on he hasn't claimed her life insurance or whatever mm. I'm like you know what this is legit I'm not going to arrest this guy because think, and like what, whatever they say it's like 95% of the time Rex you've would got have strong insects, <laughs> strong instincts if it's taken you three years to form a view as to whether to arrest someone <laughs> Jack, I think you've got a future you've got I know you're making a million dollars a year <laughs> at the moment in advertising okay so Rex is still searching for her but he's received several postcards inviting him to meet the kidnapper at a cafe in Nimes but the kidnapper never comes unknown to Rex the cafe whoa whoa whoa, whoa. hang on so he accepts the invite. He accepts the invite and he shows like, up. Yeah, sick. Because awesome. of course, you, well, I mean, he's not like, sweet, I'll be there. <laughs> what, say three? Yeah. I'll be wearing a red shirt. Yeah, just awesome. like, um, I'm yeah. the guy. Anyway, uh, unknown to Rex, the cafe is directly opposite Raymond's apartment where he watches Rex wait. Rex's new... Okay, so Rex does have a new girlfriend, Lina Kay, reluctantly helps, is helping him search for Saskia. That's not a fun day. Yeah, hey, man. To <laughs> this weekend, what say we do another search for my ex? Yeah, like I know we got a lot going on, but we still haven't found it. Remember the one who I buried the coins under and said that I'd love her forever? We need to find. We should find her. Now, one day, Rex has a dream similar to Saskia's, in which he is trapped in a golden egg. Unable to endure his obsession, Lineker leaves him, which is probably a good call. Yeah, get out of there, Lineker. Rex makes a public appeal on television saying he only wants to know the truth about what happened to Saskia. Raymond confronts Rex and admits the kidnapping. He says he will reveal what happened to her if Rex comes with him. So here's the thing. It's not like I want to like... It, like it, it, it's that classic thing where it's like, hey, look, you can kill me, you can do whatever, but if you want to actually know what happened and whether she's still alive or not, I'll, I'll, you'll have to trust me. Which I think is a very spooko premise, right? Look, it, it, yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to click through the gears of like, oh, just call the cops or like, oh, just... And I'm like, well, yeah, okay, maybe you'd worry that you'd risk her just being killed and your only chance of seeing her again is trusting this complete fucking man. Gosh, this is so much like Casino Royale. 
Mm. All right. So, uh, so anyway, so Rex decides to go, uh, go with Raymond. As they drive, Raymond says that he is known from a young age that he has no conscience and is therefore capable of anything. Mm. After saving a young... Is that, is that what psychopathy is, Shaggy? You know more about this. Sociopathy, is it? Sociopathy? Is that... Yeah, yeah sorry, that's totally. right. It's like it? when you're a sociopath. It's like, well, you don't have empathy. So the, the thing is, humans naturally feel empathy. Mm. And I think when you're a sociopath, you have to turn your empathy on and off. And that's the difference. For example, it's like, I see you like step on a stick and I'm like, ooh, or I see like you get a, you know, mm. a tennis ball to the balls and I'm immediately like, ooh. Classic, classic me. But I think a sociopath <laughs> is like, what a strange thing to happen. Yeah. I can turn on what that feels like. Mm. And often that's how they like fit into society by like, Sick. they know how to blend in, but they don't naturally feel it. I think, I think that's what it is. So he says that, you know, as he has no jo- he has no conscience, is therefore capable of anything. You know, after saving a young girl from drowning, mm. he resolved to commit the worst crime he could imagine to learn whether doing something good felt better. He describes how he kidnapped Saskia at the rest stop by posing as a traveling salesman and enticing her into his car after she asked about buying a gift for Rex. All right, so we're up to the final. So he's a fucking dumb, dumb, cruel, idiot, dumb, dumb. Yeah, but... Do you can do you have any inkling about what's actually happened to Saskia? Because you're about to find out. I'm in leatherface mode, frankly. That's what's where my head's at. Okay, so Raymond takes Rex to the rest area. He dismisses Rex's threats of police action. Ah, uh, exactly what you said. Mm. Saying there is no evidence connecting him to the crime, which is a good call because if he calls the cops, Ra- Raymond could be like, "Well, I mean, I'm obsessed with this crime. Like, I don't know what's going on. Mm. This guy's an idiot." Like he's, you know what I mean. And if I was the cop following this case, yeah. who spent three years judging it, I'd be like, you know, he is pretty obsessed with this. <laughs> like I'd know a lot about this guy. But if you'd been following him for three years, you'd be obsessed too. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. Fuck. Bring me into the script consults, horror movie makers. So he pours Rex a cup of drugged coffee and tells him the only way to learn what happened to Saskia is to experience it himself. How fucked is this? All right, are you ready for this? Yeah, this is actually really pretty serious and spooky. So this is really cool. So as Raymond waits in the car, Rex rages unsure of what to do. After digging up the coins he and Saskia buried years earlier, he drinks the coffee. He's like, fuck, I, I need to know. This is this is it. This is all I can do. Like, So he's absolutely at Raymond's mercy. Isn't revenge what he should do? Well, shouldn't it, he just kill Raymond? But I guess it's like he doesn't know. Like I think the idea is like the not knowing is going to kill him, even if he gets revenge. And this is his chance to actually know. So this is where, this is where shit gets a bit spooky, hugely spooky. I'm say. really not looking forward to it, but yes, I get it. So he drinks the coffee, passes mm. out, mm. awakens buried in a box underground. I do not like being buried alive, Thomas. And that's it. And then, and then we well, and then we cut to Raymond relaxing at his country home, surrounded by his wife and children, just looking a bit like, huh, I just buried another person alive. Is that not free? Is that not spooky? Can I tell you also something that's hilariously not spooky? So he remade this film. This was a massive success, right? So he remakes this film in 1993 for an American audience. So if you, so if you remember uh, what all the pop punk bands from you know 19, from the 90s like Blink 182, Sum 41, No Effects said about industry executives, 
They don't care about art. They only care about money. Mm. They make bad decisions. Like they work against the artists. So you can imagine that these industry execs were like, no one in America is going to like an ending like that. You've got to make a happy ending. So they remade it. But in the ending, he gets out, springs from the grave and kills the bad guy and rescues Saskia. And obviously the, the remake of The Vanishing was a massive flop. Massive flop. It's because it wasn't sufficiently spooky. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?